Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Recorded live. Are all high school diplomas equal? Christianity in the classroom. Attorney David Gibbs Jr. has one more story illustrating that your faith is often not welcome in school. A pastor called the Christian Law Association because his son had just been told to leave the college he was attending. This young man had done nothing wrong. The public college the boy was attending decided that the credits he had earned in his Christian high school were not going to be accepted by them as valid. Attorneys at the Christian Law Association helped the young man find another method of proving to this college that he was properly educated. Making sure that the high school your child attends has some level of appropriate review or accreditation reduces the likelihood of this happening. Please call the Christian Law Association if you have any questions. As always, Attorney David Gibbs Jr. has given us plenty to think about. And since this issue isn't going away soon, stay tuned for further updates here on The Legal Alert, a ministry of the Christian Law Association and this station. And take advantage of the free legal resources waiting for you online now at christianlaw.org. That's christianlaw.org. I'm Ronnie Dunn. And we're Brooke and Dunn for RAD. And I've got a four-letter word for you. Don't, as in don't drive drunk. And i got a three-letter word for you, as in get, get the keys. When you see someone who's about to drive under the influence, get the keys. Because friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. You are listening to Morning Inspirations on Jam Radio 
they had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed.
Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field.
This is Morning Inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. And good morning. This is your early morning gospel program, Morning Inspirations, on this Sunday morning. Father God, we come before you this morning saying thank you. Thank you for waking us up early this morning, starts on our way. We thank you, Lord, for giving us peace and us joy. We thank you, Lord, for giving us these sins that you that we that we thank you mercy. Thank you, Lord, for being there for us, rescuing us when we are children. Thank you, Lord, for being able to lift up those who are put in hospice, in hospitals, and nursing homes everywhere. We lift up those who have prison walls. We lift up those, Lord, who, who don't know any partners in. We lift up those who are homeless. We lift up families that are, that don't have a place to go. We lift 
just up those, Lord, who dire straits with a desperate need right now. That's our family, our friends, our church family, our neighbors, our pastor, this family. Just the very minister of the gospel is going to bring the word today. Speak to the Lord. Give the boldness to speak. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. Just for one more day. One more sunrise. Thank you. Continue to guide and hold us and protect us, Lord. And you cover us with your wings. We thank you. I've had the pleasure of knowing Dale and his wife, Jerry, for a number of years, and we welcome them today just to speak to you and just to celebrate with us this wonderful ministry. Would you welcome Dale and Jerry Robbins? Uh, church on the Hill is an exciting church. It was years ago that I was here. And uh, you guys are just rocking, praise God. This choir, man, oh, man, praise God. The passion of God is for us to love 
people. You know, heaven will not have colors or races, division. It's just going to be one heaven. <laughs> it's going to be one heaven. And, oh, hallelujah. And the churches and the fellowships that are most representing the heartbeat of God, they have the faces of every kind of people in them. Hallelujah. People who love each other, who love God. And we are just one people, the children of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. My wife, Jerry, is going to minister in song this morning. Uh, privileged to minister Channel 42 for a number of years. Some of you are familiar with the TV. And that's how that we came to know Pastor Scott originally. In fact, uh, um, it's just so extraordinary to see how God has used your pastor and, and church on the hill. Aren't you so grateful for what God has done here in this church? We love you. And we're proud of you. Love your pastor very much. Jerry, you minister for Oh, praise God. You know, in every congregation, somebody is going through something, and they just need somebody to wrap their arms around them, to hold them, to love them, to tell them it's going to be all right. And you know, Jesus said that to us. He said that even when you feel downcast, yet I will revive you. I will lift you up. I will raise you up. And I will set you on the high mountain. And your feet shall be planted upon solid ground. And when we feel like we're falling, we're not. If we fall into his arms, praise God. And he will raise us up. And he will give us strength to rise and to fly like eagles this morning. The song says, when I'm down, when I'm weary, no matter what I'm going through, Lord, when I spend time with you, you lift me up. Oh, my soul, so weak, when troubles 
Bibles with me this morning, chapter 15, verse 12, and once again, express our gratefulness and, and not only to speak at Church of the Hill, but to represent this ministry that the Lord raised up years ago or nearly 20 years ago. And, uh, one never knows the, the effect that one soul will have in a, on another soul. When Freddie and Cora Cruz came into our congregation and their beautiful children, I had no idea 
with their lives would touch the lives of so many others. They would share the passion of reaching the world as, as we did. They had a passion for seeing all people come to Jesus. I'm so grateful that my vision has never been isolated to a particular uh, group of people or race or nationality. I was very fortunate to be raised by parents who did not have the blindedness of racism in their blood. They raised me to love all people, and I've never seen a difference between people. And I, I came to a church that was not that way. But that's strange. That's the way it should be. We began to take up the mantle of preaching doctrine of love because I felt that in my heart that really there are folks just not seeing the vision as God is trying to describe it, that we must love all people. It's not a matter of just loving people that look like us or talk like us. It's a matter of loving people, loving all people. And when we truly fall in love with people, people know that. They can come into a congregation as they can't here at Church on the Hill. And people will immediately recognize this congregation is a congregation with a pastor who has a vision for all people. I thought for uh, it to be strange that our Assemblies of God would be such a, a denomination of missions and would send around the world missionaries to other nations. And then sometimes our own churches are not well represented of all nations. And it all comes down, it all boils down to the concept of love. We must fall in love with people. The, the, the love that God has, the vision, the passion that God has. We said earlier, heaven will not have division. There will not be denominations in heaven. There will not be a nationality divisions there. We're going to be one happy family. And we've got to become that here. Would you say amen? And that's what this church has become over the years. And that's the vision of your pastor, if I might speak in that. John chapter 15, verse, verse 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Jesus said to love one another, but he adds something that brings the bar a little higher. He says, as I have loved you. And then he says in verse 13, Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friend. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the standard of love that Jesus has imposed upon his church. When we use the word love, we're not speaking of that in just a very casual reference. But we're talking about that for the love of God. To love like God loves, like Jesus has loved, that he laid down his life. Look with me in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 14. It says, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. And verse 16, by this we know love because he laid down his life for us. And we ought also to lay down our lives for the brethren. 
Do you have the kind of love that it would take to lay down your life for another? Could you lay down your life like Jesus did on the cross? Die, first of all, to die for your brothers and sisters in Christ. That's the first test of our, our love. The Bible tells us that uh, the world will know that we are his disciples if we have love for one another. Notice that the scripture teaches us not that we first have love for the world, but try it on within yourself first. If you have love within the brotherhood for your brothers and sisters in Christ, you see, that will convince the world that you can love them too. If the church can't love itself, how can it love the people who don't know God? Would you say, man, we have to fall in love with a brotherhood that's among us. And then that's the laboratory of love that enables us to love the ungodly and those outside the walls of this church who don't know God, who are watching us, who are saying, if they can't love each other, they can't love us. This love that Jesus gave for us called for us to follow. Jesus gave his life. Now, now this morning, I, I believe that I must challenge you to a place that God would bring you that you could actually die for one another. Now, in America, we may not be called upon for that. There are nations that literally, under such persecution today, that there are those who have died for one another in defense, in persecution, and uh, we hear of these acts of persecution that are prevalent in our, in our world. But I, I want you to know that dying for someone and laying down our life for others involves more than just, just being run over by a semi-truck out here on Highway 80, or being machine gunned down for someone, or being erected on a cross and dying on a cross. I believe that, that far beyond just being willing to lay down our, our ultimate life, that is, our, our breath and the, and the pounding of our, our hearts, I believe that God wants us to be willing to lay down everything in between that. I mean, if, if you're willing to lay down your life for someone and die for them, couldn't you be willing also to lay down something lesser for them? Would you say amen? Now, a wealthy farmer some years ago was willing and wanting to do something special for his son on his 21st birthday. He said, called uh, his son to him and said, Son, anything I have is yours. I'm so delighted with you. I'm so excited for you. I want to give you anything you want. He says, I'll give you my house if you want it. Or my car. He had a, a brand-new Mercedes. He says, I'll give you my car. Whatever you want, son. It belongs to you. Son, in modesty, he replied, says, Dad, I don't want your house. That's sweet of you, Dad. But how about some of the furniture out of the house, though. You know, I might take some of the, the furniture, those, uh, those leather uh, seats. I'll take those, you know. And, and the dad says, fine, anything you want, I'm willing to give you the whole kit and caboodle. And you're willing to have anything in the house, certainly. But the car. He says, Dad, your, your car is great, but it's just not my style. And I'm just not into that. And, but that's awfully sweet of you. How about the CD player, though? <laughs> I really like the CD player. Can I have that? He says, sure, son. I'm willing to give you the whole thing. But if all you want is the CD player, go for it. You can have it, son. Well, you see, the father was willing to give him, to a greater degree, anything he wanted. But he just wanted part of that. 
You see, we've got to be willing to lay down our whole life. Most of the time, we're only going to be required to give a part of it. And, and you see, if we're not willing to give a part of it, would we really be willing to give all of it? Are we willing to lay down those components of our life, those aspects of our life, that it would take to touch them for Jesus, to minister to them, to care about them? I just want to express my gratefulness for your support of Gospel Light Ministry continuing over these years because souls are being saved on account of it. You see, you're laying down a part of your life. You're laying down the time and the money that's important to you, giving towards something that is even of greater importance so that souls will be saved. And we may not think of it, but there are aspects of our life that go further that we need to be willing to lay down, like our attitudes. You know, we in our... our Society, we tend to be so, uh, so self-identified with those whom we will communicate with or fellowship or whatever. We've got to come out of that. You see, God wants us to love people that are not just like us. He wants us to love people who don't look just like us. He wants us to love people who don't talk like us. I just want to express my excitement that you're in this church ministering to every facet of people groups cross-cultural ministry, but, but cross-people ministry. God is using you to do this. And it's because many of you are yielding those components of your life and you're sacrificing and giving of yourself. God wants us to lay down those parts of our life that might be a prejudice or preferences. I would prefer to do this, but for you, I will do that. I would prefer to do this, but yet because I want to touch your soul for Jesus, I'll do this instead. I'll yield myself. When you come into the church, I will give you my seat rather than, than me to have the better place. You know, you can always tell a church that's a little bit uh, worn and too traditional when, when people won't get out of their seat to invite visitors to take their seat, you know. I saw a church one time that a visitor came in to try to uh, sit down, and one of the church members come in and said, You're in my seat. Why don't you find another seat? so that this gentleman could come and find Jesus as Lord and Savior. Some of you even park at a distance so that visitors can have more convenience to park closer. Isn't that wonderful? God may cause you to lay down from your life the component of patience. I just can't hardly put up with that person. But you will because God has put it in your heart that you want to win them to Jesus. You want to love them into the kingdom of God. You want to see them advance for Jesus. And so you will lay down your patience. Impatience, that's sometimes a part of our life. We will sacrifice that. We will lay it down so that this brother can come to Jesus, so that this person can come to know the Lord. We lay down our inconvenience. We lay down sometimes our habits. It's my habit, I would prefer to do this, but I will surrender that so that others could not be hindered in coming to the Lord Jesus. Sacrifice time. Laying them down. These are components of our life that we are yielding and laying down that others would know the love of God. You see, the love of God is what makes us do these things. I want you to know this human race is just a stinking mess, full of sin and wickedness and, and every kind of rebellion. And God looked down here, and instead of, of saying he's going to turn up his nose because we aren't as holy as he, 
he sent his son, Jesus. I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to send my son to bleed and die for them so that they could be saved and not lost. God looked down and saw our need, and his love caused him to yield of himself, his preferences, of the things that he would prefer. Sent Jesus. Do you think Jesus wouldn't have preferred not to have suffered? Jesus would have preferred not to have messed with the things that he did, but he did that out of God's forgiveness, his love. What this thing is all about is God. Cross-cultural nature of this church with faces of every different kind of background in this congregation is all about God's love. I challenge each of you. So pleased to pastor one of the most cross-cultural congregations, and not a lot of the churches are as uh, we are. One uh, person came in, been attending the church for a period of time, and he says, "Pastor, I don't know that I feel real comfortable with this interracial stuff." And I said, "Well, uh, sir, God has brought you to the right place." Because God has brought you here to introduce you to the principle of loving people. You are going to lay down of yourself for those that you don't feel comfortable with, and you're going to get comfortable. Now, he is out there now today clapping and just enjoying himself and and eating every kind of a food. You know when we have church suppers and, and all of these nationalities cooked together, we have a feast. Oh, think of what heaven's going to be with one big conglomeration of God's You're challenged in that area. God sent you to the right church <laughs> because of what God's doing right here. Even if you have grown in that area and maybe you have the great vision, God has a greater a greater passion for love. Oh, I want you to know here today that God has intended great grace and great mercy through this church. God has raised you up. And I can envision the hundreds more, all of those under uh, the umbrella of this community, they're coming into this church because of the love and because of the warmth that you are showing them and because of what God is doing in your heart. I'd like for you to stand with me if you would today. time ago, I developed a warm relationship with a fellow that, I don't know, you may may or may not know him. How many have ever heard of uh, Napoleon Kaufman of the Oakland Raiders? He's a uh, good brother. And we were among the, the first churches where Napoleon began to minister. We developed a tight relationship some years ago. And uh, Napoleon uh, didn't have a dad growing up. He was raised by a single mom. Developed a very close relationship. He was called to ministry, but I would be gone. Napoleon would sometimes come in and fill in for me. One time at lunch, he, he said, you know, Pastor, you mind if I call you Dad? Napoleon's a beautiful brother in the Lord. He is like, like a son. very honored that he would even suggest such a thing. And I, I was just thinking about that, you know, of our, our love for one another, it, it causes us
Our Father, today, I thank you for the vision of Pastor. Thank you for the vision of Church on the Hill. Oh, Lord, the vision of these that are in this congregation today, that they want to reach souls for Jesus Christ. They want to reach the world for Jesus. I pray the Father, that you would grow us in this sense of passion and love become more like you. Oh, Lord, even though this congregation has grown so strongly in that direction, oh, Lord, grow us even stronger. Melt us, Lord, in a greater capacity together. Truly be one. In Father, today there are those among us, many of whom may not know Jesus as their Lord. And we're here today to say to them, why we exist is to reach you for Jesus. That's why this church on the hill has been a shining light to this community all these years. That the light of Jesus shines to their hearts. Lord Jesus, if there is one in this body without Jesus as Lord and Savior, let this be the day and the hour that they would come to know you. And know the one that we preach of and speak of today, Jesus. Our heads bowed and eyes closed for just a moment. How many could say, Pastor, problems? Jesus, become my Lord, my Savior. Would you pray for me? Would you lift your hand wherever you might be today? Hold it up for a brief moment that we could pray for you. God bless you. God bless you for these many hands that I see. Are there others? Just hold them up. God bless you. God bless you up, up in the balcony and elsewhere. God bless you. One more time. I want Jesus to pray for me. Pray for me. Hold up your hand. Flip it up. Keep it up for a moment. Ladies and gentlemen, with no one looking for a moment, let's agree and pray. There are many hands up. Let's agree. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, these hands that are raised in this body, they are what gospel light is all about today. They're what the mission of the ministry here is for. I pray that this would be the hour of the day they would say with their heart, Jesus, become my Lord. My Lord. Come into my heart, Jesus, and save Precious and glorious name of Jesus. We give you all the glory and thanks. And ladies and gentlemen, for the benefit of these that raise their hand, could we all agree together this, this prayer? Let's pray together in unison this for the benefit of those who for the first time today will be making Jesus Lord and Savior. Please repeat these words of the Lord after me. Mean them from your heart. God in heaven, I come to you in Jesus' name. I want you, Jesus, to be my Lord and Redeemer. Forgive me from all my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Make me right in your sight. I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. To live for you the rest of my life. As you help me to do. Amen. Amen. Would you give the Lord a great offering of your thanks and praise? Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, Lord.
this is Donnie McClurkin, and I've got a personal note that I'd really like to drop in your spirit today. I want you to understand the blessings of God and how they're supposed to enhance our lives. Blessings are not always financial, but the Bible says in Proverbs 10 and 22, it says, the blessings of God makes us rich and adds no sorrow. This richness that it's speaking of deals with our lives being full, our lives being complete, our joy being prevalent and noticeable, us being seen as someone who profits in God. The richness of God deals with a soul that is healed, a spirit that is in touch with Jesus. Our lives being rich is having our family whole, is having our friends close, and even our enemies reconciled. Blessings of God makes us rich and will take your sorrows away. You're listening to the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins.
Morning Inspirations on Talk Show and Jam Radio, Robert McLeod, and the much more grace of God. Tonight, don't don't forget to join us, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, for Nation Talk. I want to apologize. We're supposed to have uh, a tribute to Dr. John DeHonnison, but due to circumstances beyond my control, we... Couldn't get on the air, so we're going to do it this Sunday. That's this Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And you'll talk to you in Jen Radio. In the meantime, between time, here is BB and CC Whining. Talking about heaven. <laughs> 